Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 28th. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. The draft is complete. Mm. I got to say, probably day two for the first maybe hour. Everyone started getting drafted, more specifically at the running back position. And uh, I started getting real confused. (laughs) It's going to be very interesting to see what our opinions are on some of these guys, because I still haven't even solidified some of what I think the running backs are going to do. Yeah. It was an interesting draft, took a couple days of dissection. A lot of people wanted to jump right in and, and give opinions right away. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do people do that? You got to think about it first. You got to give it some thought before you come up with your opinions. Because then you'll just be caught with your pants down when you change your opinion, right? Right, right. Uh, so welcome to the draft recap episode. We are going to, uh, we're going to break down the AFC side first, and then we'll jump to the NFC side. Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll do some news to start. We're just going to talk about some, I think, important trades and some minute information. Uh, most of it will be about the draft. So stick with us. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing good. Uh, much better now that I've got to experience some live, uh, sporting event. Oh, uh, that, that definitely felt good. The NFL is literally beating something. everyone at everything. I know like the NBA MLB NHL they're all like well maybe not the NHL the NHL would would hold hockey if it wasn't bad for PR but uh (laughs) the NFL and the NBA I mean the uh the NBA and the MLB are like no we're not gonna we're not gonna play games until it's safe we're not gonna do this and then everyone's Mm -hmm. like oh the NFL is so stupid for holding their draft why would they even do that that's so unsafe meanwhile they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars off people watching their stuff and giving people a break from the coronavirus uh, constant news influx that we have. Uh, so right. everyone got a break. It's brilliant. It's literally brilliant. So all those, uh, all those losers who want the NFL to not play in September, sit down. I need some football in my life. Uh, before we get into the news, check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at thefantasychampions. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Be sure to leave a review. Leave a review. Just go right now and leave a review. I swear. Uh, it helps. Share it this podcast help. with your friends and uh, let's get into some two news points. Just two, right. Rick. Just two. You happy? Wow. I am. That's awesome. Wow. <sighs> That's Who would be- thought? Not me. There was like... A- <laughs> There was like two, uh, there was like maybe seven or eight, and I was like, it's just not worth it. Um, we might get into some of those points in a later show, but um, before we jump into all the projected positioning of players and all of that stuff, we, we just got to talk about what happened this weekend. So that's what we'll spend time on. But um, so the Texans uh, had engaged in a um, preliminary discussion with Deshaun Watson on a contract extension. So um, all those reports about Deshaun uh, getting traded from Houston or, or hogwash, Dumb. I guess. No, yeah, I mean that's not going to happen. Houston's not going to trade their franchise Never. quarterback, right? It would be stupid. So he's gonna—he's obviously staying in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Dolphins 
So also, by the way, I just wanted to reference uh, the news is only AFC NFC related. Does that make sense? So we'll talk yeah. about a lot of the NFC news that happened over the weekend on Thursday. Uh, but the Dolphins acquired Matt Breda from the 49ers in exchange for uh, number 153 overall in the 2020 NFL draft. I don't know what that turned into. I don't know what that turned into either. Uh, but anyway, so Matt Breda is now on the Dolphins uh, with Jordan Howard. A lot of people coming into this draft thought that the Dolphins were going to take a running back. Including myself. And they I mean, did I not. Thought, yeah. And I thought about it and I'm like, it makes sense. It it does kind of make sense for sure. the system that they run. And, you know, last year, I mean, the running back situation was awful. They did sign Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, a very injury prone running back from the 49ers had showed signs of success now in Miami. So I, I think it's not a bad landing spot for either one of those guys. We I think no. we talked about Jordan Howard early in the offseason, but anyway. Yeah. So, uh, I don't want any piece of the Miami Dolphins running back situation um, just because I know what Jordan Howard looks like in a terrible, terrible system. Right. I think uh, football wise, though, it's a decent combination where yeah. they can get away with having a Howard and Breda in their backfield. Fantasy wise, though, yeah, I'm not. We have somebody in our league that will probably own Breda because. Yeah. That's what happens. It definitely will. Uh, but that trade went down. Um, not a lot of other movement in terms of players uh, on the draft weekend. But um, we, I think we did have some movement in the NFC There was after the, the draft. NFC, yeah. So we'll talk about mm-hmm. that later. Um, let's jump right into the AFC draft recap episode. Sure. We'll start with the quarterback position. Wide receivers, we're going to break it down by Raiders, Broncos, and everyone else. And then uh, for running backs, we'll just talk about some of the biggest additions. Some are going to be way faster than others. Yeah. Um, the big Definitely. debate among the fantasy community is Jonathan Taylor or Edwards Hilaire, which we'll get to later in the show. Um, but yep. let's start with the quarterbacks. I don't want to talk much about what they are as players, more or less their landing spots. Sure. Um we won't talk about Eason. We won't talk about who's the other guy, Jake, Jake Fromm, Fromm, or anybody else that Jordan got drafted. Love. Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts. We're not going to talk about any of those guys. We are going to spend most of our time, I believe, those other two in the other conference, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about three quarterbacks. Joe Burrow will start off with Bengals. Number one overall pick looks so dead when he got drafted. I know he, um, he did not. I, I think it's just because too. he, I, what would you, how would you react if you knew you were going to get drafted by that team I would still try six to weeks like ago? Oh, pretend fit, uh, to be a little, yuck happy, it up a little bit, a little bit. Like he didn't, I mean, I, I'm not going to get on him for his reaction, but like spent, he, he, he spent he 20 like minutes arguing about, he looked, yeah, he looked like he was sick. Did you hear him afterwards though? Like he kind of, yeah. it, it kind of was a fair explanation. Because he just said he was like relieved to finally just have it over with and hear his name. Yeah, that's true. So I mean that makes sense. Um, Joe Burrow, we talked about on, we talked about on the last show, so we don't need to spend a lot of time yeah. on. We knew he was going to Cincinnati. We knew he was going to Cincinnati. I talked about how I'm very much willing to use a 14th or 15th round pick in uh, fantasy drafts to acquire him in a redraft setting. Um, just to pref- just to note uh, for anyone who listens for dynasty, we might talk about a few dynasty things in this episode, but sure. we're, we're basing all of our opinions on, on redraft. So anyway, Joe Burrow, I think he's okay in the 14th, 15th round for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that you like last year, I used my 14th and 15th round draft picks to draft guys like freaking uh, Darwin Thompson. 
So I think for right. me, like using my 14th, 15th round draft pick You're on looking for that sleeper, right on Joe Burrow is it is kind of like a, you know, I think his floor is like nine or 10, which a lot of people would be like, wow, that's high. But I think his floor is nine or 10. And I think there's a chance that maybe he, he jumps up into the top five if he ends up being what we think he is in Cincinnati. I mean, he's got weapons. The offensive line is improved in year one in year one. I think he can okay. jump up in there, but I, I'm not, I'm not saying he will. I'm saying he'll probably finish seven or eight, but I think it's worth the 14th or 15th round selection to mm-hmm go up and snag him. You know what I mean? Before everyone else picks him up off the waiver wire and hope he has a breakout season. You know what I mean? Like if he does year one, then that's great. If he doesn't, I'm more interested in his second year. So I don't know how many leagues I will do that in, but I think he's safe as a 14th, 15th round pick any higher. You're wasting your time. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think, I think he's going to get drafted in most leagues though, especially just because it's the first overall pick. Oh, I know like Kyler. Um, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. And he, he probably has more hype coming into the NFL than Kyler did. Um, so I could, I could easily see like you're in a redraft league and all of a sudden someone takes him in like the ninth round. Um, which I would suggest not to do. Right. I do think he'll be okay though. I mean, we'll talk about what the Bengals did with the offense a little bit later. Um, but they added a piece or two. They still have some Some great weapons there too, I believe. Yeah, a little bit later in the draft. The offensive line still could use a, a little, little bit of help, work. Yeah. But, um, their defense is the biggest problem on that team. But offensively, like they're good. They're, yeah. they, they have a good offense with a good like, offensive-minded head coach. I'm trying to temper my excitement on Burrow uh-huh. because I think the most touchdowns thrown by a rookie ever is 27. Yeah, and I think and it was Was it Baker? It was Baker, yeah. So, I, I like, can Joe Burrow get to... 25 i don't know i'm thinking like 21 touchdowns and i'm thinking mm -hmm. like between 3,000 to 3,500 yards but the rushing is what's going to put it over the top for me yeah i agree with that and i think uh one problem is he's gonna have to play the ravens Mm -hmm. twice and the steelers twice that's four games where he's going up against a top 10 defense top five defense arguably that's tough like that that is going to be very hard and even cleveland has a good defense i think yeah. So it's it's not going to be easy. So I did see that Joe Burrow. Excuse me. Um, I did see that Joe Burrow. Uh, so Ian Rappaport, I think, reported this that, that Joe Burrow and Andy Dalton are going to be in a QB competition this year. And I was uh, like, I mean, that's please. good. That's good. He's not. I, I, he's not. Joe Burrow is the starting quarterback. Right. Andy Dalton is not going to win the job, but make it think. Make Joe Burrow think that he has to a fight for to. it. Right. Make Joe okay. Burrow think that Dalton has a chance to win the job. Because honestly, um, if I was Joe Burrow, number one overall, after fighting all those years in college, you finally get the recognition and you're going into the NFL for them to say, oh, Andy Dalton, you know, is going to be in a QB competition with Joe Burrow. I'd be like, are you freaking kidding me, guys? Like we just we literally spent the last seven, eight weeks implementing a brand new offense for me. And you're going to tell me that we're going to start Andy Dalton. Yeah, like, it's just it's it's just so like it's whatever. a nothing easy type league, you know. I would say he's expected to start week one, so you're safe if you want to draft him in fantasy. Like he's right. gonna start week one. He'll start he'll start week one. Um but I think he's worth that fourteenth, fifteenth round pick just to throw at it and hope it sticks. But anyway, Tua Tonga Vailoa goes at one point five. Pick mm-hmm. number five to the Miami Dolphins. I was actually kind of surprised by that. I thought if anybody was going to take them, I had these two guys reversed if they both were going to go off the board, which I didn't expect yep. either. 
Um, but Tua gets taken by the Dolphins. It's it, th- This is a great pick for Miami. It's a very smart pick. Very smart pick. Um, not expected to start week one fantasy-wise. No. He Could he have a situation like Daniel Jones did last year where he didn't start the year and then sure. he comes in, has a couple of really good fantasy weeks and you know, you don't really know what to do with him. He's not draftable. Um, I think he could no. do what Daniel Jones did, but I, I don't see him as a high end draft capital kind of guy um, in redraft. So obviously not expected to start week one. Don't really be throwing your picks at him. I don't even think he's going to be that good for two to three years uh, in Miami. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but we'll have to see how things go. Like if he comes in, if he comes in, he wins the job over Ryan Fitzmagic and he starts week one and he's actually really good. Then mm-hmm. that whole opinion could change, but I, I don't think he gets a start until maybe after week eight. And even if he does, you know, I don't think it's going to look that great. And I think it all depends too, not to ramble on, but I think it all depends too on how Miami plays, uh, this season, like, do they actually have the ability to perform mm. at a high no, level? Get, yeah. And are they that much improved? Like people have been saying, you know, can they compete with the bills for the AFC East? Uh, I don't know if they do, uh, yeah. then you're having a completely different conversation about Tua starting, because if he's not starting and Ryan Fitzpatrick's actually playing well, then he might not start a game next year, but we'll have to see. I mean, I know like, uh, Mel Kuyper said after the draft that he does, he wouldn't start to a single game next year. There's yeah. a lot of people that have that mindset. Just like let yeah. him sit a year. Smart. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Magic um, Fitzpatrick doesn't have a lot to offer in terms of teaching. Just it, more or less, just like this is what so, I've seen in the last 30 years of my NFL yeah. career. Even though and like just not that just old, to but. see what it takes to be in it. Because I mean, Fitzpatrick's been around the league. He's been multiple teams. Yeah. It's just it's just to let him see like the behind the scenes of it. Right. It's good. It's good for any young quarterback. Um, and then I think I. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't think Tua is going to start week one. Definitely not. Like if Tua plays this year, it's not going to be until like probably halfway through the season or yeah. like a Daniel Jones situation, like you said. And sure, he could come in and have a few good weeks, but yeah. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant for this year. And then Justin Herbert comes off right after, uh, right after Mr. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, he goes to the Chargers. Uh, he's definitely not expected to start week one. They like Tyrod Taylor. I actually think... So to me, Tua has less of a chance of playing than Justin Herbert, believe it or not. Uh, I think Herbert has more of a chance just because they don't have, like if they went out and got Cam Newton, then there's a 0% chance that Justin Herbert plays. But I think Herbert's not going to overtake Tyrod Taylor. He won't play a game. So all those people that are going to run out and redraft and waste their draft picks on Tua and Justin Herbert, don't waste your time. Um, Yeah, they. I mean, they've already said that they're going to start Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. That's their plan. Um, Justin Herbert is obviously going to be the starter for the, I was going to say San Diego, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, um, pulling me. I know. One for the jar. But, but um, he's going to be the starter, but yeah. it's not, I don't think it's going to be week one. Okay. And he'll probably come in middle of the season as well, just like a two-way situation, but not fantasy worthy. Yeah. Definitely not fantasy. Yeah. Do, okay. So last year, obviously, Daniel Jones was drafted. Eli Manning was there. We were like, oh, Daniel Jones is not going to start a game. If you had to choose one of these guys to start a game in 2020, which one would it be? Uh, I think it's going to be Herbert. Okay. I think yeah, Herbert I has would, a better chance. I would agree with that. Um, let's move to the wide receivers. Um, it was an interesting little wide receiver draft class. And we'll talk about some other guys that flipped to the other side on the NFC show. We won't really debate 
who is right or wrong. And this is not a real NFL draft grade. This is just right. Who is successful in fantasy this year and who isn't, who might have success down the road. We'll talk about it here. Um, so uh, number one off the board, kind of surprising Henry Ruggs. Um, I think on his current depth depth chart, you, you have to put Tyrell Williams one, and then I yep. would say probably Henry Ruggs on the other side, but I think Ruggs can, can, can kind of, he plays a different style than Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Tyrod Taylor. Wow. I, I mixed Tyrod. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, Terrell Williams is probably going to be the wide receiver one. Ruggs will probably be number two on the depth chart, but I think he has a real opportunity week one to come out and have success. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that like last year we saw Hollywood Brown on a terrible Ravens wide receiver core. You know what I mean? Like, not, I mean, I'm not ragging on the, the, the Ravens offense at all, but no, the receiver core. The year, yeah. It would just was, there was like Hollywood Brown is like the only receiver in that, that offense that had any talent. Um, so <clears throat> choking on my own saliva, but that's nasty. Yeah. It's disgusting. Uh, so, but anyway, so Henry Ruggs comes into this Raiders situation. He does have a little bit of competition, but he could have a impact like Hollywood Brown did in the first two, three, four weeks of the season or like, um, or like who's the Redskins wide receiver. Is, are you losing? I picked him up off the waiver wire. What's his name? Wait, who? A Redskins wide receiver. Oh, Terry McLaren. Yeah. Terry McLaren. He could have a week one impact like Terry McLaren, but like I said, wide receivers, we'll just preface this whole segment of wide receivers by saying that the wide receiver position is extremely tough to predict and it's extremely tough to draft rookies in redraft. I would recommend not even drafting any rookie wide receivers just because they will not give you the production that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, a late round flyer on a guy is, is okay. This, but if you're out here drafting wide rookie wide receivers in the fifth round, you're in trouble. Granted, if, it, if a year is going to, take place where a yes. wide receiver has a good yes. year. It might be this year. It might be this but year, which is the toughest not, part of all I don't think it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be anyone who was taken in the first round of the NFL draft though. Yeah, I agree. Like it could be someone random, like a Terry McLaren was last year or not random, but like a second round kind of guy. Second just, or third round. Who's guy, in a yeah. good fit with their offense. Yep. Um, but for me, uh, like Henry Ruggs, I think is he, He's going to be, like you said, Hollywood Brown 2.0, I think, this year. He's going to have, maybe it's week one where he goes yeah. out and has a monster week and everybody's like, oh, look at this. And he's, But then he'll go out three straight weeks and have a combined for like five catches or six right. catches. Like right. he He's he's a, going to be a big play type of guy in that offense, mm-hmm. um, meant to stretch the field. Kind of like a poor man's Tyreek Hill. Maybe one day he'll be Tyreek Hill. Yeah, right. Um, but it's not like Derek Carr is Patrick Mahomes either. He's not going to throw 40 touchdowns. Um, he, he's more of a, like a Teddy Bridgewater type quarterback, which means it's not going to be super explosive. And now they went from having no weapons to a lot of weapons. They obviously drafted three wide receivers. Mm -hmm. They have Darren Waller. They have Tyrell Williams. They have Hunter Renfro. They have a lot of guys in that offense that the ball is going to get spread around. So I don't see Henry Ruggs being a big fantasy option. Yeah. Uh, I agree. At least this year. I think I think there is the opportunity. You know, you saw fast guys like Mia Cole Hardman yep. um, and Hollywood Brown have some boom games. They had some really big production games. And I, I think for me, you could see Ruggs do that this year. He might have maybe three, four weeks where he can be a wide receiver one and supplement your team on a week-to-week basis against an easy matchup. 
but I, I don't see him being like, if you draft him, don't expect to start him on a regular basis. No. You know, that's not would, what you're going to yeah. get. Um, for me, I, I don't, I, it's tough because Henry, he's so fast and he's so explosive. But the one thing that we always talk about with Tyreek Hill is his inconsistency. And I think that's what you're going to get out of rugs career wise. I think there's, he's not going to be a guy that's going to go out and catch 160, 170 balls. Like, the top three, top four wide receivers in fantasy. I think he's going to guy that going to be a guy that has a boom game one or two, you know, every couple games. And it's going to get him into that position of being a top five wide receiver. But then you look back on it and you're like, wow, he was a wide receiver one, eight times. And he was a bust eight more times during right, the regular yep. season. And so now you got to kind of supplement that with another guy, like a, you know, a, a more consistent player, like a Cooper cup or something like that. And so it, it gets a little bit more difficult with Henry, Henry Ruggs. Um, but year one, I definitely, just because of his speed, he's going to get by NFL corners quickly. He's going to have it. He's going to have a big game. He's going to have a couple big games this year, but outside of that, I don't, I don't see him having huge success. Does he finish in the top 25? Ooh, I think he will. I think he will just because of a few good games that he will have. Okay. But it's going it, to, it's not going to be that high. Um, so the Raiders took... Two more wide receivers, which we'll talk about right now. Lynn Bodwin, Brian Edwards. Um, just to give you some information on Lynn Bodwin, uh, he's another speed guy. Um, he ran a four three eight unofficial, I think, at a either at a pro day or it, it's clocked by his his staff. So he's fast. Mm-hmm. Um, they're building the Raiders are kind of building a a offense trying to similar to the Chiefs where it's all based on speed, which is why they took rugs. Um, so Bodwin comes in or Boden, I don't know how to say your name, bro, but, uh, he comes in and he's, he's another speed guy for them. And then Brian Edwards on the other side, these guys were taken back to back three sixteen, three seventeen. um, yep. comes in. He plays more of a style like Tyrell Williams. So right. I think, I think these guys, obviously to me, third round wide receivers, you still have, um, Hunter Renfro. You still have Tyrell. Williams. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. You're going to be using, uh, Henry Ruggs in that offense. I think you're looking at a four or five wide, wide receiver, four or five on the depth chart slot for them. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they don't really have much of that opportunity. I think one of them can ascend into that third wide receiver role. And then as the season goes along, maybe get more opportunity. But these are those rookies that people might draft in like the you know 15th round, but not really have any success. They're probably going to be guys that aren't going to have success until like three or four years into their career. Yeah. So it's yeah, like exactly. fan- fantasy wise. I think these two guys are interesting, but yeah, Dynasty wise, interesting, but yeah, for redraft, for redraft wise, they're, not. they're just not great, great yeah. guys. So we'll move on. But um, is there any thoughts that you had on either one of these guys that you wanted to point out? No, I think I think the only thing that I, would I was say just going to move that, on, and I was going to just completely freak that. No, it's ahead. fine because it's it, it. The only thing I would pretty much say is kind of neither of these guys are going to be that productive, and now there's a ton of wide receivers. They they went yeah. from having not many wide receivers in that offense to, a lot. to having to yeah. yeah. It should be. So interesting they're not going to see a lot of production. But yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think uh, the the next one is the Broncos. So we'll talk. Like I said, we're going to talk about these guys in chunks um, first, and then we'll go through the rest of the wide receivers yeah, drafted. But the Broncos uh, are the next team of. I think they're the last team of wide receivers that we're going to talk about. Um, 
the Broncos drafted. Now, this is crazy to me. I saw this pick and I was like, okay, this was something that people kind of expected. And then they followed it up in the second round, drafting a wide receiver that, again. That, yeah. And you're, all the, I talked about it before with the Cortland Sutton love. I think it's still okay to like Cortland Sutton at this point. But the fact that they went out and drafted two wide receivers in the top 60 or top 65, I should say, is a little bit concerning. So let's let's talk about Judy first and his effects on the team. He's probably going to be similar to Ruggs, wide receiver one, more likely wide receiver two. Um, I think he's better, more talented than Cortland Sutton. I don't know if you want to disagree with that or not. No, I think I. I mean, I want to see Judy play in the NFL, but his potential, I think, gets higher than Sutton. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So. I think there's a chance Judy could become the wide receiver one for the Broncos. Um, but he's probably going to slot in it too when the season starts. So mm-hmm. he's a guy that could probably have a couple of really good games. Um, I kind of see him more of like a Calvin, Calvin Ridley type yeah. player who comes in year one, struggles in the early part of the season, and then um, struggles in the early part of the season, and then... Has a big second has a half. big second half. Sorry, my timer went off on my computer. Um, so he has a big second half of the year and uh, and and kind of blows us all away a little bit. Uh, I could see that happening. It all depends on Drew Luck. Yeah, or Drew, Drew Luck. Yeah. Sorry, Drew Luck. I said Drew. Luck. Drew, Drew, Andrew Luck. Luck. Andrew Luck. Drew Luck. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, Drew. It depends on Drew Luck's so, play. And I think Judy could have a decent year one, but I don't see him slotting in the top 25, to be honest with you. Yeah. Which is tough. It depends how you feel on Drew Locke. Um, and the problem is, and I like Drew Locke, but yeah, you were saying this this kind of has an indictment against Corlin. So not quite an indictment, yeah. but... Um, like a we need receivers and you're not yeah in. i mean they they did though like it's i don't think it's it's i see i disagree with you with the Corlin yeah. Sutton thing because i think he was the only wide receiver in that offense right. they needed other guys as well with Corlin Sutton so that's why it made sense to draft Jerry Judy i and then their second round pick who we'll get to but yeah he like it, to me that was just like we need we're taking the best player available we don't care if he's another wide receiver because yeah. it's a great receiver class which again makes sense I don't like think it's really a, an indictment on him I just think it's more or less like a we needed receivers we have receivers and like the to me it's all about value of where you take players especially at the running back position but even at the wide receiver position it's like how much does a guy like if you draft a guy in this you know in the fourth fifth sixth round you're not really expecting them to walk in and be day one players but if you're drafting mm-hmm. wide receivers in the first or second round you're kind of expecting them to come in and and at least do some sort of you know production for your team right. week one and so whether you're on the field starting or not if you were a top you know top 65 pick you're in there and so I think for the Definitely. Broncos, they're gonna. It, it is a situation where you know it's not like they drafted a wide receiver in the fifth, sixth round who's going to get ten targets all year. Like Judy's probably going to get a large percentage of the target share, not so large that it's going to make him a top twenty-five wide receiver. But um, yeah, I just don't see. Like I said, I don't see Judy having a huge impact. But I think it's going to take work away from Cortland Sutton, which is mm-hmm. a little bit disconcerting when you're talking it about. Will, yeah. 
you know, drafting Cortland Sutton. So for Judy, I would just altogether stay away from him um, as a player. And for Cortland Sutton, he's going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted. He is going to get drafted. But for Cortland Sutton, I, I would be kind of nervous. The second guy, KJ Hamler, we'll just throw him in the, this, this discussion real quick. Sure. He was drafted uh, 214, round two, pick 14. Um, so it is, like I said, concerning. Uh, to the rest of the wide receiver core, you also, I was kind of excited about Deshaun Hamilton a little bit for the Broncos and that kind of goes out the window. Um, I don't really know too much about Hamler. I just know the fact that he's probably going to be finishing as a three Uh, or four on the roster. Yeah. He was a solid wide receiver prospect. And again, I get, I understand that the idea for Denver, I just, to go wide receivers back to back, I don't think it was like, it was a need for them to draft a wide receiver. Right. To go in their first and second round, I think, was a little much for Denver. But right. I, I actually think Jared Judy could finish in the top 25. Uh, I think he's kind of in the same boat fantasy-wise as a right. Henry Ruggs, where he's going to have those big yeah. week, bad week. Um, Is he fast? Not quite. Jared Judy? No. KJ Hamler. Oh, I don't know. I, I Hold on. Let me take I get him mixed up with the other guy. That's all right. I'll take a look. Okay. Finish your thought. Um, KJ Hamler is... Yes. He, oh, yeah, yeah. So he's he's like an explosive guy. He's 5'9", 176. Um, he played at Penn State. He's kind of like a, he'll probably have some punt returns as well. But he's yeah, he's explosive. Okay. So um, so he yeah he he's gonna fill a certain role for Denver. And then Jerry Judy, like I said, could finish in the top twenty five. Yeah. Um, but I don't see him finishing much higher. It, it all depends how you feel about Drew Locke. Because if Drew, if Drew Locke comes in year two right. and has a big jump and is what some yeah, people in Denver think he's going to be, right. then it, Cortland Sun could very well still have a good year and Jerry Judy yeah. will finish in the top 25. And KJ Hamler will have a good career. Um, yeah. But it, it all it all depends on Drew Locke and how you feel on him too. Right. Uh, so let's move, let's move forward with the wide receivers. T. Higgins... Bengals wide receiver uh, drafted in the uh, with a thirty third pick in the entire draft. First pick of the second round. First pick of the second round. Um, I think the Bengals wanted to snag a wide receiver. Unfortunately, yep. he probably will be the wide receiver three. I do really like T Higgins. Maybe to be four. He might be four um, because there are guys in there's. <laughs> People, people. I, I, when I was watching the draft, ESPN, who uh, I I gotta say did a not so great job of <laughs> broadcasting that event. Uh, if we're gonna be honest, I'd rather watch. You're an NFL Network kind of guy. I am an NFL Network guy, but they did the. I I can't remember what it was. It was like a draftathon, like Zoom call for NFL Network on their website. Oh yeah, with and the uh, and, and I watched NFL some player. of it, and I was like, dude, this is this. I that was I, great. Yeah. yeah, I was like that. I would much rather watch that than. Booger McFarland talk about T Higgins, but anyway, <laughs> so they were talking about how the Bengals need wide receivers. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, they don't. They, they need don't. a wide receiver one for the future because you can't rely on AJ green for the rest of your life. But like AJ green is still good. You yep. still have Tyler Boyd. You still John have Ross. John Ross. And now you're drafting T Higgins and throwing him in there. Yeah. Wide receiver three or wide receiver four on the depth chart is probably where he's going to be. T Higgins will not be a, he, he has a rookie quarterback He's not going to start week one and he's going to be lower on the depth chart than people think. I like T Higgins. I think he's a really great player. I love T Higgins. And I think in a couple years when Joe Burrow is insanely good, um, Mm -hmm. I think T Higgins could be a really great receiver, but year one, man, he he's a, he's a dynasty investment with no redraft value. So that's the thing. He doesn't have, I, I agree. I don't think he has a lot of redraft value. And I love T. Higgins. I loved him before the draft. He's a big guy. He can go yeah. up there in a one-on-one situation. He'll 
like the fade. He's kind yeah. of um, like they were talking about. He's going to be AJ Green's replacement, which again, the Bengals will need a wide would need a wide receiver. But I felt yeah. like it wasn't a need this year. Yeah, um, I think they just want to get one in this class. Round. Yeah, and it, again, I I get the line of thinking because I think yeah. T Higgins in any other draft would, would have been a first round pick. Um, he's he's a big guy, I but mean, yeah, he's pretty he's gonna, friggin' close. <laughs> Right, he essentially was. Yeah, um, there are reports um, just to give you uh, all the facts. Um, there are reports that he might start week one. I don't believe them for a second, um, but they might slot him on the other side next to AJ Tyler Green. Boyd? Oh, AJ Green. Okay, but I, I, I think people are just forget when the second you come out of a draft, everyone's like super hyped on players, and it's just like just he, relax. He's, he's just gonna get relax, and he's gonna have. But, but I think he, a month from now, people are going to forget Tegan's name. Yeah, he'll, he'll be uh, once AJ Green is out of town, which could be next sooner year rather than yeah, later. Right. Yeah, um, I think that's when you'll see T Higgins really shine. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, he's going to be like the third or fourth option on that team. and He's not going right. to have a major success in for year one. Yeah. Um, so let's let's move on to uh, the next guy, Michael Pittman for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Colts, you you still have what's his name, the guy who always escapes. Ty Hilton. Ty Hilton's still there. They don't have any other wide receivers, so you could definitely see sure Michael Pittman being drafted by the Colts as the second, maybe the third wide receiver on the depth chart. Um, I don't think, like I said, he has really. It depends on the role that he plays. To be honest with you, and I want to check that out right now. Um, so because, who's the guy that the Colts drafted? Last year, though, oh uh, yeah, I like know, I know who you're talking about. I'm I'm pulling up the wide receiver depth chart right now. Yeah. Paris Campbell, um, yeah, Paris he was yeah. he was a I believe a fourth fifth round draft pick. I believe no, oh, he was, was a he? second round pick. I'm sorry. So you have uh, two second round picks here: Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman. Um, they do like to run wide receiver sets 52 percent of the time. So all three all three of these guys will probably hit the field. Right now, he's slotted projected by um, player profiler as the number two wide receiver on the roster. So I think, you know, you could see him one, two or three is probably safe to say. Um, I think you could slot him in for a top 50 finish in fantasy football next year. Um, just because of where Michael he, Pittman? yeah, Michael Pittman, just because of where yeah. he is on the roster. But I don't know, like it, it, like they don't really have, they drafted what Jacob Eason, I believe is that, his, is that the guy yes. they drafted? Um, like the fourth round, they don't really have a, a, a major long-term plan after Philip rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got him, So I don't think they would have a massive plan left. But, um, for me, when you look at, uh, you know, Michael Pittman, I, I don't know down the road how much great fantasy success he's going to have. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, how old is T Y Hilton? He's actually getting old. I think he was like 30 with injury history. He is. 30 and a half years old. So yeah, he's 30. So yeah, you kind of, you kind of get into this position right now where I'm, I'm trying to remember, did, did Pittman play the slot in college? No, he's an, I think he's, he's an is outside, he an outside receiver. Okay. He's, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically it's, it's TY's replacement at this point. Yeah. I think, I think Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman are like next group of guys for the Colts at their yeah. wide receiver position. But again, uh, I don't actually, for year one, I don't like Michael Pittman at all. And I know the situation's not bad. Mm. He very well could be that num- the number two wide receiver in the offense behind T.Y. Yeah. Hillen. That's why I say um, top 50 finish. 
Yeah, and I do agree. Like, top, he'll. I think he'll finish top fifty. Um, It'll be like forty eight, but he'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the thing is, Philip. Like, you look at Keenan Allen and Mike yeah. Williams, right? And last year, and they both. I mean, Keenan Allen was solid, but he wasn't as good as people thought. Philip Rivers just. I don't think at this point in his career is going to put up the numbers that will help a wide receiver put up his numbers. Right, right. So I, I don't think Michael Pittman's going to do a lot in year one. And then it's gonna it's it, we're going to see who yeah. the Colts quarterback is for okay. his future. Uh, we are going to speed this up a little bit. Um, let's talk about LaVisca Chenault. He was drafted pick two, uh, round two, pick 10 by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Going to be number two or three on the depth chart. Which is, I like this pick. I think it's a good pick. I think mm. uh, the, the big concern for me, more specifically, Jacksonville... I like this pick for Gardner. Gardner escaped this draft without another quarterback on the roster. So this is his this is his squad unless they go out and get Cam Newton. Um, a lot of people, some people think they will. A lot of people thought that they were going to get a quarterback. Some people think they're going to trade for a quarterback. And I'm like, why? The, the, everything doesn't point to that. Like they didn't draft a quarterback. They traded away Nick Foles. If they didn't believe in Gardner Minshew, they wouldn't have traded away Nick Foles. Like, why trade away Nick Foles and then go sign Cam Newton? Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Gardner Minshew is going to start week one. Um, he yeah. has Leonard Fournette. He has a slightly improved offensive line. He has DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, and Laveska Chenault now as uh, wide receivers on his team. The Jaguars usually do uh, wide receiver, three wide receiver sets 61% of the time. And... Yeah. Uh, Laveska Chenault is going to probably be the second or third guy. So he's going to be on the field. Mm. I like him finishing in the top 40, probably in fantasy. Football yeah, I, next think, year. I think Chenault will finish higher than Pittman. I don't think he's going to be yeah. anything that's worthy of fantasy uh, football. Draft yeah, starting and drafting. Still, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, especially because there's two wide receivers probably ahead of him on the depth chart. Right. And Gardner Minshew is... I like Gardner Minshew, but I don't think he's going to throw 40 touchdowns. So, But yeah. um, he's going he's gonna to help the offense. He plays... He played all. He can play in the slot. He can play on the outside. Yeah. Uh, they use him in like wildcat situations too. Like he's he's a very versatile wide receiver. Right. And he's something that Jacksonville needed, which was just like another playmaker. Right. Um. So I, I like the pick. I Good like pick. the player. I like the situation, but he's still not going to do anything fancy wise. At least year one. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move to Chase Claypool. Wide receiver three or four, no redraft value whatsoever. I think it's an interesting pick, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Um, it kind of makes me nervous a little bit for Deontay Johnson, and I, I was really looking forward to what we were going to see out of Deontay Johnson next year, and then they made this draft pick, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, why why are you drafting a wide receiver? Like, that's that's one thing you do not need. And you go out and you draft a wide receiver. Um, so you still have James Washington. You still have Deontay Johnson. And now you got Chase Claypool. I thought at, at first, because Claypool's, it, it, he, people have said that he's big enough to be he's, a tight end. He can play tight end. And, yeah, uh, he's huge. And that he would just go to tight end because right now um, they don't really have a tight end on the roster besides Eric Ebron. Um, mm-hmm. So, or they have uh, Vance McDonald still, but. He's old as dirt and not very good anymore. Um, but so I thought Claypool would slide into that, but they're saying that Claypool is going to play wide receiver. He's probably going to play the outside. Yeah, he's probably going to play the outside, uh, which is what 
Deontay Johnson was doing. So I'm just yeah. confused as to what the future looks like for the wide receiver core for the Steelers. Player profiler had Chase Claypool as the fourth guy on the roster. If he is three or four uh, redraft, he's he's going to be nowhere near being uh, good for your fantasy team. So uh, people might look at him and go, hey, I'm going to draft him. No, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> right. Um, no, he I, could, I see him as a player that may have the ability because James Washington has had his opportunity at this point. I like him a lot, but he's just, he's, he's blown every single <laughs> opportunity he's had. So right, I yeah. see uh, Chase Claypool being a guy that could ascend from uh, sure. three to four to two to three. Um, I could, and they I could might, very well see him. Go ahead. Yeah. I could very well see him being as the number two receiver in that offense by the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're um, going into next year. But I don't see much fantasy. He might be a guy that you could see uh, starting to put up fantasy production in the last three or four weeks of the season. That could be something that happens. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the first half of the season or any relevant, like, you don't, the biggest thing is you don't want to pick up a wide receiver and then rely on him going into the, you know, postseason for your fantasy. <laughs> so you have your rookie right. wide receiver leading you to your fantasy championship. When has that happened ever? No, um, so let's talk about the next one. The Jets got a man's dude. Oh, your, love it. Your team, Denzel, Denzel Mims. They waited and waited and waited. And I'm like, what are the Jets doing? They traded back. They got some offensive linemen in the first round, I believe. Yes. No, maybe. Yeah, they drafted uh, the, the guy from Louisville, the big guy. Yep. Okay, yeah. So smart move for them. I... 100 yeah. any to be honest with you any draft you can find a talented wide receiver offensive lineman if there's a talented guy and you're a top 12 and pick you arguably, take the offensive like lineman. some people thought he was the best offensive lineman yeah. in this draft so the jets so, got yeah. a steal building that offensive lined up uh, offensive lineup making that improvement uh right now denzel mims is the projected third wide receiver on the roster he ran a 438 he has a speed score in the 96th percentile. He's a burst score in the 90th percentile. He has a catch radius in the 96th percentile. I don't know why this guy didn't go higher. Um, his they, player, he was projected to go uh, where the Bengals took T. Higgins. Like he was projected to go top of the second or, or late first. He's big. And he fell. I, I this guy is very very intriguing. He's six three, two hundred seven pounds, and he runs up four three eight. Yeah, he's a, he's That's, a physical freak. Insane. Um, the only, the only like, I love it. Good job, Jets. Col- Colin job. Cowherd didn't like this pick because he doesn't oh, like his hands. Please. So that that is the only concern is his inconsistency. I think. Yeah. Right. Um, but other like if he can figure that out, he he could be the steal of this draft. I mean. Yeah. And what I love about Denzel Mims too is 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 the situation and fit. Uh, the Jets need desperately needed oh, a wide receiver. He might be the they one. Got, he I might think, be the one week one. I mean, I think it's Jamison Crowder is going to be. Like, yeah, the, the I, I would agree with that. Um, but Jamison Crowder plays in the slot. He does. Yeah. So he's going to be the starting outside guy. So mm-hmm. uh, it has Rashard Perriman, who the Jets signed to a one year deal, which I like that yep. deal as well. Yeah. So I but other than those two guys, other than Crowder and Perriman, like Mims is going to be the guy. So at worst, he's the third wide receiver on that team. Agreed. And I think by the end of the year, he might be the first or second guy. Yeah, I agree. Um where do you think he finishes? Uh, I'd say top top thirty five. Yeah, I was gonna say top thirty. So we're uh, close on yeah. that. Yeah, uh, still undraftable I, and redraft, folks. Right, still undraftable. Yeah. He might and have I some weeks where finish. you can 
ahead of um, fantasy wise. We've been thinking and uh, teasing the reality of streaming wide receivers. Um, yeah. <laughs> Possibly, I'm going to try it this year. See what happens. But uh, Denzel, Denzel Mims could have some weeks against good matchups. Um, if he's if he's facing a bad corner, he could probably have a big game, and uh, I see mm-hmm. that happening. But he's a guy late in the second round that a lot of people aren't going to think about. They're going to be like, ah, oh, he's a late second round pick, early third, you know, somewhere in that yeah. region, and uh, and he could have one of those like Terry McLaren. He could have one of those yep. big starts to the season because he there's no one there besides Jamison Crowder and Rashad Perryman. But Rashad Perryman wasn't really that He's, great for the Bucs. Rashad either. Perryman is just so inconsistent. Uh, let's talk about the last wide receiver drafted in round three, pick 28, Devin Duvernay to the Baltimore Ravens, projected as the fourth or fifth wide receiver down the roster. Uh, he fits their system. That's about yep. it for me. Um, He's a, he, they, wanted, receiver. they wanted to add some offensive pieces and we'll talk about the other one they added in a second um oh, but i think I, I don't know i mean willie sneed really ain't that great and miles no. boykin had an opportunity he he was drafted in the same draft as marquise brown um so i think i think with this set of wide receivers marquise brown actually kind of probably made it out of this draft okay um and he could have a big year one but they have a round one and a round two wide receiver on their team so they're bulking and yeah. uh in two years these these wide receivers are going to be really good right now you look at their wide receivers and you're like wow they're not great but uh i, I don't think i don't think that devin duvernay uh finishes in the top 50 um he might get close but there's not going to be a lot of opportunity for him yeah i i would agree with that the, the ravens are bulking up though Holy cow. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about some running backs. Um, the fourth round running backs are probably going to be a lot faster. And we got some interesting yeah. picks, man. The second round was filled with surprising picks. I could scratches. do a whole show on running backs, a whole show on running backs. Yeah. Um, so it started off with the chiefs doing what they needed to do last year and didn't do, uh, and that's draft a running back. They were, I think it was the 28th ranked team when it came to running the football last year. They didn't have a running back that finished with a thousand rushing yards. Uh, and I like Damian Williams going into this year, but what did I tell you? Damian Williams is in my top 12. And if, if, uh-huh. if they drafted a running back, whoever that was, was going to replace them. So now Clyde Edwards Hilaire drafted as the 32nd pick in the first round is in my top 12. Oh, wow. So yeah, I would, Wow, there's so many people against Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which is I don't. Do you remember? Do you remember David Montgomery last year? Yeah. Do you remember how hyped I was on David Montgomery? This guy is literally David Montgomery, but going to a good offense. Well, I'm getting even more sweaty. Clyde Edwards, he's he's his player comp is Austin Eckler, which fantasy wise, strange comp. Well, he's he's it's he's like five seven. He's he's kind of tinier. He's, he's yeah. Very no, no, it makes sense. Elusive, and he's a pass catching back. Well, so he's kind of, of he's sense. not really fast. He's, he's just very elusive. Though. He's he ran a four six. Now, okay, do you want to hear something? Oh, that's or, actually slower than I thought. Or did you did you want to um did you want to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire a little bit more? Uh, I just I I think it's the absolute perfect fit. And oh, he's yeah, gonna be the best yeah, running back in this draft. No, and it's not because he's he is the best running back in the draft, but he's the best fit. Do you want to know? Do you want to know? 
so I, I did I did have to temper my excitement a little bit because uh, I was I was getting a little hyped up for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, <laughs> okay. I probably still am. But sounds like um, the Chiefs love to run it in the red zone, and that's why. Like I could I could see him getting fifty oh, plus yeah. touchdowns next year, and that's not even like total. That's to me low end. Like I I'm, and the people will be like, "Oh, you can't you can't say that." Fifteen like, low end. Yeah, dude. I that's, don't know. That's that, that's I think extreme. I, it might be extreme, but if he ends up being like they, they're calling him Brian Westbrook, like that came from the that came yeah. from the mouth of Andy Reid. He's um, yeah. Mahomes. This was Andy, his guy. Did you hear the story? Them. Yes, I did. So like they called up, they called up Mahomes and said, who do you want? He said, Clyde. And I'm, I'm just like, Mahomes wants him. The GM wants him. Andy Reed wants him. There's yeah, no way gonna, he doesn't start and get three downs. Even. Yeah. Even if he splits with Damian Williams, I think he's going to be fantasy wise. Yeah. Huge value now, especially in a PPR half PPR league, because he's going to get receptions. Yeah. He's going to get receiving yards and he's going to get receiving touchdowns. He, uh, if you go on playerprofiler.com, you look out workout metrics, speed, height, all that stuff. Um, I don't know if height really matches, but Kareem hunt did actually match up pretty closely to Clyde Edwards. Yeah. Lair, so he is sim- yeah. Fits their offense very much. Um, he's a smaller what he reminds me of is Frank Gore and that doesn't sound like a good comp and it, it sounds like a really old <laughs> a, well, slow a prime, running back a prime Frank a Gore, prime Frank Gore. now for yeah, fantasy yeah. prime Frank Gore was not a top three running back um, I don't see I think there's maybe one to two seasons where Clyde Edwards Hilaire ends up being a top three running back maybe in his whole career um, I think he's more yeah. of a guy that finishes around seven or eight which is yeah, why I'll probably no, rank him at 12, maybe 13. Um, but for people who are like, oh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, man, he's not going to be good. Don't do him in redraft. Just unfollow all of those Twitter people that you followed that say that about Clyde Edwards, Hilaire right now. Because uh, I just, a running back with, his, with the talent, he was probably the fourth best running back in this class. Yeah, projected to be a second round pick a running back with this talent on a team who has a very good offense. It's all about who yeah, believes in him. He's going to get used. I, I just, people are so stupid. They like Josh Jacobs better than this guy last year. And I'm like, you just have to draft Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay with yeah. him. I'm okay with him late second round. Like uh, that's wow. I, I just, I, I don't, I look at him and like, if he's a complete bust, then I will be sitting down and eating my pants crying. and yeah. crying because I lost my fantasy league. <laughs> I don't know if I will do it, but I'm surprised by the amount of people who don't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire for fantasy I would next definitely, year. Yeah. I, I think second round is a little surprised. early, um, but I would definitely take him to the third round. Yeah. You got to temper him down a little if, bit. If Damien, well, if Damien, if he was the only I'm guy excited. in the I know, I know. I've been I waiting. Can... They, I think, Kareem Hunt as... ruined my fantasy season two years ago. He, I'm ready for Clyde. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> if they split, he's he's gonna be good, but he's not yeah. gonna be yeah. second round good. Like Damian Williams is still gonna is still in that offense, and they're still gonna um, use him a little bit. This was bit. my other thing that I was gonna say too. Uh, not to cut you off. No, go ahead. But um, I th- I actually think to the Damian Williams point, I think he's going to be, um, I think he he will be cut before the season starts. So if that happens, he's I'm, on the I'm, bubble. I'm 100 percent with you. I'm saying this in I, 
late April. So if this happens, <laughs> if, if that happens, then Clyde Edwards is in like, oh yeah, skyrocket. Yeah, he's skyrocket. He's a second round pick, definitely at yeah. that point. Um, I do, I do agree with you. I think they they are going to use Damian Williams, and so I think that's why there should be a little bit of tempered excitement when it comes to Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but they yeah. obviously like him. No, so. that's, I mean, that's the thing. They obviously like him and he's in an offense that puts up big numbers and yeah. he's playing with Patrick Mahomes as Patty the P. starting running back. And he catches out of the backfield at yeah. an elite level. And the chiefs love using screens on with running backs. Like it's a perfect fit. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor going to the Colts A very, this is where it starts getting weird folks. Now, I just want to lay it straight with the dynasty folks. Um, 130, you know, Clyde Edwards, basically right now you have to say uh, the 101 in dynasty drafts is Clyde Edwards Hilaire and the 102 is Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think it depends on situation. If you want to draft, you know, for the future, Jonathan Taylor is probably the guy. If you want to mm-hmm. draft to win now and you have uh, pick 101 somehow, um, you go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I just think, I think Jonathan Taylor, his landing spot is good. People are excited about Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor. I said Jonathan Taylor is my favorite back in this class, and he still is. In his landing spot, like I said, fantastic. Yeah. Good offensive line. You have a good quarterback. I think it could, it could be a great landing spot for him. Here's the problem. What do they do with Marlon Mack? That's, what do they yeah. do with Naheem Hines? There is some big problems there. People are super excited about Jonathan Taylor, but you can't just look at Marlon Mack and say, screw you, a guy who got a thousand yards rushing last year in 14 games. So that's the problem. I think like if Marlon Mack wasn't there, this would be a completely different si- oh situation. Oh my gosh. I, I know. I'd, I'd have my be, pants off about Jonathan. <laughs> he would He would be either on the same level with yeah. Edward Sine or he would be ahead of him. Um, yeah. The problem is Marlon Mack is on that team and there's they're probably going to use all three running backs which is like brutal fantasy wise yeah um i think jonathan taylor will still be good though and he's going to have his moments and marlon mack has an injury history as well so i mean if he gets injured then yeah i think that's why jonathan taylor is a decent sixth or seventh round pick in in fantasy yeah it's it's very intriguing really interesting where he ends up in drafts like if if people are taking Jonathan Taylor in like mm-hmm. the fifth or fourth round, I'm not too comfortable with that. Yeah, it's a, it's um, more uncomfortable. But if he's more like not. a seventh round pick, like, like I, I would, I would definitely take him. I would close my eyes and cover my nose in the fifth round. Yeah, and, and just do it. But it is sixth round, seventh round are probably my like I would be way more comfortable there. Unfortunately, right. I think he'll probably end up in the fourth round. I but, think so, too. Um, he's gonna be like we'll have to thing. see. I, I do want to say, next Tuesday, we're doing a mock draft, folks. Oh, shoot. So, we'll get to see all this in live action. Our first mock draft. Yeah. Dang, already. I know. So, uh, anyway, Jonathan Taylor, I agree with you. Great landing spot. Here's the big thing. I think this is a... We're going to let Marlon Mack go next year. We want our guy. Jonathan Taylor is our guy. We don't have to pay him a lot of money like we would Marlon Mack. So let's just go with that guy. But here's the problem. You end up with one whole season of Jonathan Taylor, not being good for fantasy football. Yeah. And that's why I say if you're, if you're in dynasty leagues and you need, you're taking a long-term running back selection, uh, I would go with Jonathan Taylor over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But if you have a lot of college reps though, 
Yeah. Was he? Yeah. So that that would be concerning dynasty wise. Yeah. Um, Very concerning. But, but if they if they don't use him a lot in year one, I think that would kind of counter it. Right. Um. So yeah, maybe. But anyway, it's a good landing spot for him. But I think the Jonathan Taylor excitement needs to be tempered a little bit because. I don't know how much opportunity he really will get in this system. He's not really known for being a prolific pass catching back, mm-hmm. uh, which is why Clyde Edwards Hilaire went as the number one running back off the board. Um, but it is interesting to see. Uh, let's talk about JK Dobbins, similar situation to Jonathan Taylor. You have Mark Ingram there. Um, this is uh, more of an indictment on the Gus bus than it is on Jonathan Taylor. I mean, on Mark Ingram, I should say. Yeah. Um, Good pick for the Ravens. I think loved it, this pick. I love this pick for the Ravens. Uh whew, man, short term, I want to like it so bad. And I want it's, him to be a success so bad. Like Alvin Kamara came in and stole Mark Ingram's job. I, I want that to be the case with Dobbins. But Mark Ingram was good last year. And uh he's still he 30, he's what is he, 31, 30, 30 years he's old? He's like 30, 31, yeah, um, in that range. So uh, I think Dobbins has that opportunity to be a number one running back. Um, but here's another, I don't know how long they signed Mark Ingram for, but here's another guy where you're going to have to wait a year, um, and and maybe see what happens. But I think he could have some good fantasy value this year, just because of the way the Ravens run their system. Yeah. Uh, the way they run their system is why I think Dobbins is going to have a good year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be better than Taylor though, or, uh, or Clyde, um, yeah. But I love this pick, especially long-term. So he would be the guy, like, dynasty-wise, I might take number one because I oh, think wow. okay. in, a, in, a, in a year or two, when Ingram is either gone or at that point, I think Dobbins will take over. Yeah. The way the Ravens run their system, he's going to be an absolute monster fantasy-wise, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great fit for him. I think it's a great fit for the Ravens. It's a great draft pick. And Ingram this year is going to mentor him. He's 30 years old. Yeah. Uh, and then I think in year two, it's going to be a real dominant show. But for this year, yeah. I don't know if he's how, how good fantasy wise. I think he be. could be a low end RB two. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a chance, don't quote me on this, but I think there is a chance that he just blows up and you have a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara kind of split and, yeah. and that situation happens. I, I really do that. think that that might happen. I absolutely. Can see the that. amount that the Ravens run the football. Yes, sir. And, uh, and that's not going to change. Like the amount, like with Lamar Jackson, he's their franchise quarterback. And yeah. I don't know how right. long he's going to last because he's the type of quarterback that relies on running the football. And yeah. those like quarterbacks are great for like a, a 10 year period. Yeah. Um, but for at least the next like 10 years, like they're, that's going to be their offense. They're yep. going to run the ball a lot. Yep. And that's going to be perfect for J.K. Dobbins. Agree. Um, number. 322 round three pick 22 the most depressing pick of the entire draft <laughs> for me shove a knife straight through our heart yeah zach moss to the buffalo bills uh frank gore to frank gore young frank gore so so now you have uh devin singletary and zach moss on the same roster no see clyde edwards is young frank gore zach moss is old frank gore yeah <laughs> That's so true. He slows molasses. Some had him as the second best running back in this class. I don't uh-huh. agree with that, but don't. regardless of the situation, um, third round value on Zach Moss is good. Um, sure. Yeah. They're going to split reps. That's inevitable. Um, this kills Devin Singletary's value. So, it, it, so go ahead. Definitely does. However, are they going to split reps? Yes. 
I agree. I said, are they? It's oh, a question. Yes, I think you they think are. So, <laughs> I'll re- rephrase my answer. Either way, I agree with myself. <laughs> Not the first or the last time that'll happen. No, I think um, I don't know if they if you're right and they split reps. I I'm going like, to cry. Zach Moss um, is going to be the bruiser. Yeah, and I I see like see some would say third round. I mean, uh, third downs Late. for Zach Moss. Yeah, um, I would say it'll probably be Devin Singletary down one and two, and then Zach Moss what if down three and four. What if it's a seventy thirty split? And it's Singletary, the seventy. Because I think you'll still be. Oh, I mean, I would, I would be all over Devin Singletary if he had a seventy percent snap share. But, but you think it's, you think it's gonna be like. I think 50, it's gonna 50. be fifty-five, forty-five, or sixty-forty. In if that it's sixty-forty, I, I would still be okay with Singletary. It still hurts me. Um, because it just makes him, it makes him a mid-range RB two as yeah, opposed it, to a it, high if end. If it's sixty-forty, it's pretty much the same he was at the end of last year, which is just an RB two. Yeah. So, but Zach Moss, I think, I think he's probably in in the thirties is what my guess would be in terms yeah, of I'm not, production. Yeah, I don't, I don't love Zach Moss. Um, he slows. Like I, the biggest thing about Zach he's Moss gonna is he's, he's, he's going to pound it in. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to score. He might, he might score ten touchdowns next year just because how the Bills like to use Frank Gore in the red zone. Uh, I, I don't like. I said fantasy value. He might even jump up higher than that. I don't know. I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. No, I mean, I understand that they, to draft a running back. It just doesn't make sense for their system. Like I, the way they played football last year, like why, why do you need a really slow running back? What's what's the the purpose of that? Like, I think they could have been fine in like the fifth (sighs) round or fourth or fifth round drafting like a speedier third down type of back. Rick, this is why the bills are going to suck next year. (laughs) These picks. They don't make any sense. Uh, it's like it's like the Bills spent all those years watching the Bill Belichick do like ridiculous things, and they're like, "We can do that too." Right? Yeah. Like, no, I, no, stop that. No, I don't. I don't like this pick. Um, interesting selection here too. It makes mm-hmm. sense. This uh, you might not agree with this, but this is a this is a indictment on the starting running back, not for the reasons you're thinking. I'm gonna say. Uh, 329 was a Darrington, Darrington, don't know how to say your name, bro. Evans. Darrington, um, yeah. He had, I think. he's a good running back, talented, not extremely elite, you know, not top of this class, but no. he's good. Um, I think the Titans are doing this because uh, the NFL is a league where you don't overpay running backs. And yep. I think they're going to ride out the franchise tag on, um, on Derrick Henry, they're going to let him walk, and then they're going to move to this guy next year. Uh, so that would be a, that the could be actually a smart back. move um, for the Titans. But year for year one, this isn't really. I mean, he's not going to. Oh, do much. Evans is not going to do much. Um, yeah, and I think I think this could also mean Deion Lewis might get cut. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised about that. Deion Lewis is kind of an old. Uh, man you know now. who will sign him? Who Patriots? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, we probably would. I I think we would. Uh, So yeah, Um, two years from now, I actually, for dynasty purposes, the amount the Titans do like to run the football, I think this guy is actually a relatively sneaky pick if you're in a dynasty league. Yeah, Um, I agree with that. But I think if they keep Derrick Henry, I think it's just a, it's just another, you know, Deion Lewis type player. But I think they see, I think, I think uh, the Titans see the trend in the NFL 
And the value of a guy like Derrick Henry is not there. Um, and I, I see the, the biggest ever, as much as everyone loves Derrick Henry, what, do ev- what does every team in the NFL want that want to go with a workhorse running back? They want a guy that Pass can catching. catch the ball as well. Yeah. And that's their biggest problem right now is that Derrick Henry just can't do that. So Darrington well, Evans can kind of, well, you're going to make the argument that he can, but he caught like seven balls last year. <laughs> maybe, can, 10, he, maybe 10, maybe 10 max. He, it's not what he's known for, but I mean, he's not like, he can it's like, do it. It's just, he's not, yeah. he has one route in his route tree and it's sideways. <laughs> So that is I, true. I that don't, is, that's, that is very true. I don't like this is the this is the thing with me and people who talk about pass catching running backs. They're like, oh, you know, like some running backs just straight up don't have good hands. I don't think Derrick Henry has bad hands. He just doesn't know how to run routes. That's his really. Yeah, that's his biggest problem. But anyway, uh, do you have any more thoughts on Evans or do you want to move on? No, we, we can we can move on. We, we have we have three more guys. Here. So just hold on with us for three more <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, 4.6 round four, uh, Joshua Kelly goes to the chargers. Um, I actually think he could probably be the number two back on the roster behind Eckler. I like this pick for the chargers. This could be one of those sneaky Joshua Kelly jumps up ahead of some guys and, and ends up being a better running back than we thought kind of picks. Um, Uh I think he gets a lot more opportunity than we think he's going to. Uh, but we'll have to see how it kind of breaks down for Kelly. Um, he's not a f- fantastic talent, but he's good enough to kind of take over a role. And he, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Melvin Gordon, but um, I don't think they want to have Eckler out there based on his size and his, you know, he's a he's a quick back that's super short. Um, he's not going to hold up for 300 reps like they gave Melvin Gordon. You know what I mean? So I think they want to bring in a guy that they know is going to be that. And um, I don't know if Joshua Kelly's that guy or uh, the other guy that they have on the roster. Don't know what his name is. Forgot. Uh, He's probably going to end up the third guy on the roster. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I know who you're talking about. Anyway, I see Kelly kind of coming in and maybe taking a lot of those reps. We'll see how they utilize him. Um, I think he's worth one of those 14th, 13th round draft selections. If you want to take a flyer. Yeah. I think he might be worth that, but if he's just going completely undrafted, I would let him sit, wait, and uh, and waiver wire him as soon as week one happens, and uh, he gets more it reps than people week, think. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on Joshua Kelly. No, I I kind of agree with you. Um. I I don't think Eckler is a workhorse type of running back, so they're going to use him like that for yeah. a while. Um. But I don't think that's going to be a long term thing, and I think Joshua Kelly. I don't know if he will. Yeah. No, that's kind of that where spot, I'm at. But yeah. But he definitely has the potential, and the landing spot is good enough. Where I think Joshua Kelly has more opportunity than Darwin Thompson did last year. Uh, yes, when I drafted him in the fourteenth, fifteenth yes. round. <laughs> definitely. So I, I would agree with you on that. I like that. Um, and then Lamichael Perrin drafted uh, round four, pick fourteen. Uh, I didn't put the team name down. Hold on, let me grab the team name. I don't even know who picked him. Um, Was that the Steelers? No, the Steelers. Uh, the Jets. Farland. The Jets. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, this guy's going to get no opportunity. So I actually sort of disagree with you on that. Interesting. I don't think he's going to get any opportunity. Um, they didn't I give. Think- they didn't give. Uh, uh, um, what's his name? Le'Veon Bell, three hundred reps. But what? What's with the the lays and the laws here for the Jets? Can you just leave that alone, Michael Perrin and? 
like Phantom Bill. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, so I mean, the reason. Go ahead. I was just gonna say the reason I think he actually he's similar to um, he's similar to Joshua Kelly. Where I don't know if he will, but yeah. late uh, Adam Gase doesn't like Le'Veon Bell, and he's getting old. They don't have another running back on that roster. He's gonna be the I think the number two guy. Um, and if if Le'Veon Bell struggles, I could see him getting more work as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not something that I think will definitely happen. But it's right, someone who right. I could keep your eye out and being like he could, yeah, you know, a yeah, sleeper wise, yeah, could Maybe. could have some opportunity. Um, I don't know. He could, but it's not going to be enough to do something for fantasy wise. Probably not, unless yeah. Bell gets injured. Right, but they even uh, still have that other guy there. I'm having a tough day with names here. <laughs> I got to have every single name in front of me just to have an interesting How? day. They have Josh Adams. Yeah, I think LaMichael Perrin is probably going to be uh, – yeah, he's going to be the number think, two I guy. Think, that would be safe to say, but he's not going to pass Le'Veon unless they trade him. No, he's not going to pass Le'Veon unless they trade him. Pittsburgh. Or Pittsburgh's still in the conversations, bro. <laughs> uh, I mean, not after their pick of Anthony McFarlane. Yeah. Oh, the transition. Uh, round four, pick 18, Anthony McFarland to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Waited all drafts for the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft a running back like they said they were going to do, and they just stabbed my back until the fourth round. Uh, yeah, they. Anthony I Mc... think that shows that they like James Conner. They do. Fourth round is like kind of middle of the pack in terms of value. So I don't see yeah, him as like a, back he's nine, not he's not four he's not fifth sixth and seventh where he's not going to get an opportunity but he's certainly not for a second third where he he's has to have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, they drafted a running back last year in round three I believe no they drafted a running back in round four Benny Snell, um, who was not good who was not yeah not very good and uh, they still have Jamie and Jalen Samuels. Uh, so you have James Conner, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, and Anthony McFarland. Mm-hmm. If one of those guys is getting cut, if we, yeah, probably Jalen Samuels would be my guess. Um, I think Anthony McFarland could jump Benny Snell. We'll have to see what happens. Sure. Um, he's fast. He has a good burst score. Um, he has a terrible player comp of DeAndre Washington. In case you're worried about it. <laughs> Um, but I, I wanted them to draft a running back. I'm kind of, I was kind of in on Anthony McFarland and I was out and then I was in, then I was out and I was in and now I don't know how I feel. Uh, but I think you could have an opportunity for Anthony McFarland to jump into that second role. And if he does, right. Yeah. And, and James Conner does what he's known for and gets hurt. Uh, uh-huh. you could see Anthony McFarlane get the starting job, and I think they want to see what he looks like in that role. So, but we'll have to see. What I've seen is they've actually talked about Anthony McFarlane as like a specialty guy, yeah, where he's only gets used in like third down situations and, and is used in special teams. Uh, so okay. I don't, yeah, you I don't, don't, see I don't it? know if there's gonna be no, I don't see it. I think, okay. I think the, the Steelers not taking a running back in the first three rounds. I know they didn't have a first round pick, but mm-hmm. in the second and third round, I think it shows that they have a lot of faith in James in Connor when he is healthy. 
And the reason they took a running back here is just yeah. because he does get injured. And when he's injured, they have another body to try to throw out there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I wanted to look over, before we end the show, a couple of teams um, that we didn't talk about in this segment of the show. Um, the Browns, Patriots, and Texans all didn't really take an offensive player. No. Um, in the first two rounds, uh, the Patriots took two tight ends, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. They weren't on the yep. show because... I don't, I don't think either of them's going to do anything. I don't think yeah. with with no quarterback there or with a uh, younger quarterback there, there's not really going to be a great opportunity for either one of those guys. Uh, the Texans mm-hmm. drafted a wide receiver in the fifth round uh, by the name of Isaiah Colter, but uh, we're not going to talk about fifth round wide receivers. They have too many wide receivers. They have too many too. wide receivers. Uh, the Browns drafted Harrison Bryant in round four. Um, and the Broncos drafted another tight end, Albert. Don't want to say your last name. A Quanga so, so he played. He played with Drew Locke in college. Okay, so yeah, he, he, uh, interesting he, little competition there between Noah Font and. He'll probably be the number two tight end. Denver has pieces on that offense, and like I said, if Drew Locke oh, no. is any good, they drafted three wide be, receivers too with the, the Raiders in the AFC, yeah. and they have Melvin Gordon now as mm-hmm. well, and it's just. It's going to be very interesting to see what Denver does. I also think, like you said, good news for the Steelers to not draft a running back until round four. If you like uh, James Conner, Miami obviously didn't draft a running back. We talked about that earlier. Um, That's good news if you wanted Jordan Howard on your team. Um, I think the only bad news in the AFC was really uh, the fact that Zach Moss got drafted and Devin Singletary is going to have to take a hike i guess <laughs> i really like i will, i want devin singletary to work we'll out. see we'll see how that yeah. plays out yeah because i think i think there's a chance zach moss doesn't take half the reps yeah there's a chance but that anyway, one you have to just watch that'll do it for part one of our draft recap sorry for it being so long folks sorry for it being so long there's a lot of players a lot of players a lot of draft once the draft episodes are over we'll go back to our regularly scheduled content of 30 minute episodes hopefully yes. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. We'll follow you on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday, Fantasy Champs. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>